find what works for you, right? But where I felt like personally as a family we hit our stride is when I allocated everything. So I have really aggressive saving goals, but to me, if if even if ambitious, once I've preset for those investments to occur, it makes the rest disposable. Doesn't mean I want to waste it, but it means that if we want to allocate that money to a big vacation and that's within that's what's important to us as a family. There should be no guilt there. And I think sometimes what happens when you don't have a plan or you haven't automated those things, you you deal with this conflict. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and you end up spending money one place and saying, oh, I should have done it someplace else. Welcome to the Community Conversation Podcast presented by Community America Credit Union. We have a compelling and impactful story to tell. And our goal with these conversations will never be to sell you something we rather have an important discussion with our very talented employees, leaders, members, community partners, and experts from a variety of industries and causes to help educate and inform you. And stay tuned at the end of the podcast for some important disclosures. Welcome back again to the Community Conversation. I'm Heath Birch, and I'm the Director of Wealth Management by Community America. Uh, Like we do every episode, really what we're trying to dive into are areas of interest of our membership. And I think this one is a a good one in that it really kind of speaks to the diversity of our membership and, and the different things that we're tasked with as advisors at Community America. So today we're going to talk about building wealth at any age and really kind of focus on some things that are consistent across many of the different life stages you may find yourself in, but dive in a little bit to different stages and, and hopefully provide some actionable guidance or at least spur some thought for members as they work through this on their own. So today we've got two, two new guests with us, Daniel Wilkes. Thanks hello, for being hello. here, buddy. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. And Taylor Ahern. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah. They're, uh, they're both going to be really good fits for this. I, it's Whenever we include somebody here, it's not it's not by accident. They bring something to the table that I think is unique within the conversation we're about to have. And and with Daniel, I think one of the things that's going to be useful here is he's got a pretty diverse background of clients, right? You've got a number of retirees in the book that you work with, but as a, I wouldn't say new advisor, right? But an advisor early in his career, yeah. you also speak to to a younger market. So there's some background there that I think will help inform some of these different stages we're going to talk through. Absolutely. You know, it's, uh, you know, obviously when you work in financial planning, you're going to work with folks of, of all ages. Uh, but being as someone who's in my early thirties, uh, you know, hopefully I can bring some relatable and, uh, insightful comments to today. I think, you know, there's, there's stuff that you can do at any age to, to, to better your long-term, uh, goals, or at least to try to work towards them, whatever they are. So, you know, hopefully we can, uh, you know, give some actionable pointers that that'll that'll help folks at least know where the general guideposts are in their per, their journey. Yeah, I think there are some some factors that are present no matter where you are, right? And that's probably an important comment to, to double down on is that wealth is where you are at. Absolutely, right? it's, this is not a question of where your peers are and other people are. This is a question of where you are relative to your own goals. So, yeah, I appreciate you jumping in. And Taylor, I, I talked to you about this because I think you know, maybe as much as anybody in our group, you've got background with some ultra high net worth clients, right? So in a previous yes. stop, you were 
you were dealing with some really extreme wealth. And at the same time, you've got to focus today on, on kind of the millennial market as well. Not to say that's all that you do, but it, it is an area of focus. So again, you've, you've kind of touched all levels of planning. I feel like no matter the age when people come in, they tell me they're not confident. They don't know what to think. And I truly feel like if you go back and you start at the beginning and just evaluate your goals, you can achieve almost anything by having the right plan. And so I love helping people find their confidence and just developing a plan and really talking out their goals because most people don't know their goals when they step in my office. And it's so fun to talk about, is it paying for kids' college? Is it retiring in somewhere, a warm location or traveling the world? Whatever it may be, I truly think you can achieve it. Yeah, priorities are going to be unique from person to person. So until you get into the process of understanding those and trying to, to get to the heart of what they want to accomplish, there's really not any planning to be done. It's really a series of questions that can sometimes go over the course of a number of meetings. But once you really arrive at what their focus is, then the planning part becomes, I don't want to call it easy, but there are tactics to put in place once you understand what the goals are. And it, it's crazy how much the plan sort of falls into place once you've had those conversations and, and started to, to look at it through the lens that we, we try to get our clients to look through. So uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a wonderful conversation today, and I'm, I'm looking forward to being here with you guys. When Heath, like you said, with the plan, some of the, when I did work with the ultra high net worth clients, I would travel all over the country. And when you look at them, it wasn't about any crazy plans. It was just about setting your goals and living below your means and saving on a regular basis. So it was really interesting. I expected their stories to be a lot more complicated, but most of the time it was just setting your standard of living and keeping to that plan and not doing anything crazy. So that was a good way, I think, to take us into the first part of the conversation. I think there are certain things that apply to everybody. And maybe I shouldn't put it that way. We, we all kind of have our unique circumstances. But what I mean by that is there are just these, these basic financial principles that we can all benefit from. And, and I look at it kind of as graduating. You're going to graduate as you go through these different stages. The goals that I had when I was 22 are very different than those at, at 35 or 45 or 55, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, some of the came to mind for me is just not doing things out of order and making sure that there's a financial footing to build off of. And those things don't require an advisor necessarily, right? It's, it's the awareness that I need to have some type of an emergency fund Mm -hmm. to remove some of that financial pressure. If something doesn't work, that things are going to be okay. Right. And building off of that, managing your debt, that should be something that everybody can do. And that doesn't mean that you shouldn't have any and that there's something wrong with you if you do but trying to manage that consumer debt at least and being mindful of that just puts you in a better position. But I, I, I'm sure there are some other things you guys see as you talk to, to clients that are at least these consistent threads, yeah. right, that, that everybody would benefit from hearing, Absolutely. kind of internalizing. Yeah, well, I have um, all my clients pretty much start out by emergency fund is number one, building that up. And then we talk about short-term and long-term goals because there's got to have, you've got to have an eye on something a little bit shorter term in my opinion. And then you've got your long-term. So short-term maybe, you know, saving up to buy that first house, first car, whatever that may right. be, and then long-term retirement. And then the one other thing I, I talk about is when you're offered a retirement plan through an employer, do not wait. Sign up that day. And they've got automatic increases on almost all plans. And so the example I give is if you start on day one saving 5%, maybe that's all you can afford, and you have an auto increase of 1% or 2% every year, if you do 1% over the next five years, you're going to be saving 10% mm-hmm. a year instead of five. And so that's oh, something yeah. easy when it goes up by 1%. You don't necessarily notice. 
um, your income changing massively, but over time as you get raises and it increases slowly, um, you'll automatically be saving more and you don't even have to think about it or change your lifestyle. Yeah. The point there is to start. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? It's to find that initial moment. And that's the hardest part. hundred percent. There's no, there's no pop-up in our lives that says, Hey, now's the time you should start putting some money into your emergency fund. <laughs> no one does that for us. Right. You know, there's no, uh, you know, we got to do it for ourselves. So, you know, the, the getting started as early as possible and it doesn't take much, you know, a little goes a long way. So and it can be you know, life getting into the habit of saving a little bit, having a little bit of money just in case. Uh, it's crazy how much of a difference that can make just in your, in your day to day, you know, well-being. Well, you I know, feel like you it, feel about yourself. it gives you so much peace um, because yeah. I have been through um, with different clients, you know, accidents or job loss. When you have that emergency fund, you can say, oh, shoot, we hit a, a little bump, but it's not going to be life changing. I'm still on track to hit my goals. You know, I pull a little bit out of it, but I rebuild it back up and you can still sleep at night. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I think there are these these areas where everybody can apply focus. You need to graduate from those to move on to the next. But one of the things I want to make sure we highlight is that, and I touched on this just a little bit at the start, but you have to be okay with starting where you are. Mm -hmm. And because you're a certain age or you believe your peers to be in a certain place or you just think that common guidance is I should be doing blank, you have to be comfortable with, with wealth as where you are at, right? And so if you need to take care of step one before moving to step two, then focus on step one and do that. I think maybe what will help help move this forward for members is let's focus in on just stages they may find themselves in, right? So sure, yeah. uh, we, we don't have to go really deep into any of these, but let's just try to focus in on, on you know, what the stages may look like, a couple of keys that, that they could focus in on, and then on top of that, maybe any tactics we think that apply to that age range and, and see if we can give people something to, to really take in um, based on where they are in life. So... You know, obviously, early career is a place that we can kind of all point to, right? So we graduate from college, and at that point, you know, whether you have student debt or not, you're just trying to find your footing. And maybe saving for retirement's not the top of your list of concerns. Sure. Now, as you said, Taylor, it's important. And right. so if you start, there are certain benefits to that. But I think the first thing that jumps to me when you're, you're early on is what I said a few minutes ago. It's just to find the willingness to start and realize you don't have to have it all figured out, and there's not the the task here is not to step up and hit a grand slam it's just to start the process right just hit off of a tee exactly right right and I feel like um, my most common question I get is people come in and they're overwhelmed because they've got their student debt they've got their jobs offering a retirement plan and they've got you know they want to buy their first car they want to buy their house and so you really just need to prioritize and think about okay what order is this going to come in and how am I going to achieve it? So it's not all or one. You don't have to tackle one thing at a time. You can really prioritize and do, you know, I'm going to pay this payment towards my student loan, but I'm not going to, you know, start on my retirement plan later. I'm going to start it today, but I'm only going to do X dollar amount and I'm going to build my emergency fund. So it can feel overwhelming, um, but you just need to divide and conquer and really prioritize. Well, and, and Taylor, the thing that really helped me personally, not even with my clients, but with, with me myself, was to set it up where it's automatic. It's not something that I have to manually go in and do every single month, you know, make my transfer. Not that it's not easy to get on to your app and, and do it. Uh, you know, we've got wonderful tools available to us that we can move money in an instant and, and do these things digitally just with the snap of our fingers. But, but I have found in my personal life that when it's automated, when every month on the whatever, the fifth for this example, 
you know, a little bit of money comes over from checking over into savings or a little bit of money goes over into, you know, whatever uh, uh, bucket you want to put it in for whatever your goals are. So automation for me has been huge. And I, I, I know, Heath, you're nodding your head. So what do you think on the automation yeah, front? I, I was just talking to a client about this the other day. And I'll preface this by saying this is not the way everybody should handle it. You have to find what works for you, right? But where I felt like personally as a family we hit our stride is when I allocated everything. Yeah. So I have really aggressive saving goals. But to me, if, if even if ambitious, once I've preset for those investments to occur, it makes the rest disposable. doesn't right. mean I want to waste it, but it means that if we want to allocate that money to a big vacation and that's within, that's what's important to us as a family, like there should be no guilt there. And I think sometimes what happens when you don't have a plan or you haven't automated those things, you, you deal with this conflict mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, and you end up spending money one place and saying, oh, I should have done it someplace else. And in fact, I, we've talked about this in a, lot, in a previous episode, but I, I just think that if, if money shouldn't be this sense of like drive this sense of guilt or be this stressor, you yep. just have to prioritize. Yep. And so I might make the conscious decision. It's more important for me to experience this with my family than to put an extra few grand away. But as long as I'm conscious of that decision, understand what I'm doing, I should feel no guilt about it. Right. So it's back to your concept of planning. But once you start to make these, uh, these, these difficult things easier by automating them, mm -hmm. I think it just makes everything else easier. Oh, Couldn't yeah. agree more. Well, and my theory is if it brings you joy, do it as long as you're not going into debt. Yeah. And this can come at any stage. And so kind of putting that baseline in place and automating things doesn't mean you have to go from, from just starting to saving a full 15% and funding college for future kids and buying a house or paying for a house you don't have yet. There are steps there and you should enjoy it along the way. Right. Yeah. The, 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 the goal of financial planning is to not make you miserable with your money to sacrifice today for, the future, right? Someone's wor wondering how to get started with this. I typically start with a budget and I start with those. I start with my savings first and my fixed costs and mortgage, car payment, anything you know you have to pay, then go to savings and then go with all the fun stuff. So like you said, even though, you know, you have a set amount, you know, you can spend, you can have a lot of fun with it. Mm -hmm. So budgets aren't meant to be miserable. They're help you to hit your goals. Yeah. yeah I, I look at them as how you want to allocate your money. Yeah. Right. Budget carries this negative connotation where people think that an advisor is going to limit what they want to do. And it's just a, it's making a decision as to what's most important to you and how you're going to allocate your funds against that. Right. I, before we jump from early career to the next stage, the one thing I wanted to, to try to hit with each one of these is the risk that we see out there sure, at that yeah. stage and things yeah. that can maybe derail your plan. So I know I said earlier, not, you know, that doesn't have to be bad. And, and that's true. Um, it can become a real problem. And I think we've all been tasked with working with families who have gotten off on a bad foot and they're dealing with debt. And, and the way I would explain it is these families walk in with this weight on them. Mm -hmm. they, it's difficult sometimes to figure out how you're going to work through that. So this is not a lecture. This is not to tell you, you can't go buy a car and take out a note because at 23, you probably don't have cash in the bank to go buy a car. Right. But it's being conscious of those decisions and not putting yourself in a position that you feel in some way cornered down the road. Do you see other risks you would really highlight for somebody who's starting off in the planning process? It's, it's, it's actually the counterpoint to the automate idea. And it's, you know, there's a lot of companies out there that would love to automate you sending your money to them <laughs> every single month. And they're happy to help you do it. Uh, and that's the credit card point. Yeah. You know, it's, it's how many things have a monthly, whatever, you know, uh, uh, how many subscriptions do we have and how many, uh, uh, extra things jump out at us when we're going to 
going shopping that we hadn't ever thought about before we saw them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, you know, you don't, you don't want to automate too much of your money, you know, away. You got to be, you got to be a little bit diligent about that. And, and so I think, you know, obviously, obviously not adding on debt on stuff that's not meaningful. Right. <laughs> you know, all those impulse purchases, those things that, you know, it's, it's, uh, there are things that we all want and we all like, but they don't necessarily help you get there over the long term. You right. know, it's eating out one extra time or yep. uh, don't get me wrong. I like, I like that just as much as anybody, but you got to do it within, within the confines of your, of your means and your plan and, and the money that you have. Uh, you know, there's only so much money at the end of the day. And, uh, the trick is not spend more than you've got, Right. <laughs> but man, that's hard in our, in our world today. It is easier but, said uh, than done. Don't, yeah. don't automate your, don't automate your money away is, is the point <laughs> I would make. Yeah. Well, and I think about, um, so good debt versus bad debt. I know you're going to talk about that. Um, but then the level of debt. So just cause you get approved to buy a half million dollar home, I would take a step back and look in, how's it going to affect my goals? You know, if I'm spending, you know, $500 more a month on a mortgage, um, or could I save that? Do I ne- really need that home? And so you just have to prioritize, you know, is that home the main thing you want? So for example, for me, you know, a, a fancy car isn't important, but to some people it is. And so you may sacrifice on the level of home you have, um, but you don't need massive level of debt, everything. So when you go into a car dealership and they tell you, Hey, you've been approved for this amount, it doesn't mean you need to spend that amount. Right. Um, and so just the fact of how I think about it too, if I buy a cheaper car and I paid off sooner, even if I did take a car loan, which is completely fine, helps you build credit within reason, um, and you pay it off sooner. Well, if your average payment is four or 500 bucks a month, you can start to stash that away and save it for your next goal versus dragging on that car payment for the fancier car. Yep. Um, so I think it's just deciding what, what makes you happy, what brings you joy and really prioritizing because you can't have it all. That's the keyword you have to prioritize. And yep. it's okay if what you tell me is that that car is more valuable to you than some other goal. Yeah. Who am I to judge? Yeah. You we just want to be mindful of we it. We all have different goals and that's why you say, you know, one one plan doesn't fit everybody. Um, some people like houses, some people like cars, some people like to travel. Um, it's just so different. And so sitting down and really deciding, because um, I had a couple come to me and talk about goals and, you know, they had so many goals and it was just the fact of talking between the couple and deciding what really is our goal. Because they had 15 things on the list and just really prioritizing and tackling those two or three things they knew they wanted to achieve. Yep. It's a good transition. So, you know, for, for the people that are going to kind of go down the path of starting a family, whatever the form that family may be, you know, spouse, significant other, kids, whatever it is, it introduces other needs into your plan, right? Yep. So if early career is a commonality for all of us, you know, let's stop for a second and talk about young family. The, the thing that sticks to mind, sticks in my mind is that issue of prioritization. And specifically, the one I think that can come up is somebody debating whether or not they should be funding their retirement first or funding their children's college. And they're both important goals, right? So Extremely. I'm not telling you which one's more important, but I really think once you start to introduce the needs of others, or now you've split your vote, like mm-hmm. in my household, Martha's got a 51% vote. I've got a loud 49% vote. We have to find <laughs> center somehow. But you have to prioritize those things together, which is exactly what you were just saying, because if if not, it becomes infinitely more complicated. Right. right. And just talking about it. And I don't think it's bad to bring a third party in, going to see a financial advisor, um, you know, sit when couples come in, it's funny. I typically get a different story from the husband and wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and so coming in and talking and really having the conversation and narrowing it down, 
I think really helps just talking about it and going back to what I said, it's not one or the other. It's a healthy mix of, of all your goals. And so, you know, for myself, I want to pay for my daughter's college and I want to retire. I don't want to sacrifice one for the other because the example I would give is I don't want to send my daughter to college and then have no money to retire and enjoy my life with her. Um, and vice versa. I don't want to not, since that's important to me, I don't want to not be able to help her mm-hmm. and then use all the money on myself. So yep. healthy mix. Find the balance, yep. right? I, There's I, multiple goals to be supported there. And, you know, there are constraints here. If somebody else was going to fund my retirement, it would be really easy. So oh, I, yeah. have to, I have to make these <laughs> conscious decisions as to, to what do I want to attack first? An example I've used I know before is that, so the college thing is important to me too, within reason. I want I want the boys to carry some sense of responsibility there, but um, I, I've worked hard and will work hard to make sure they don't walk out with an enormous amount of debt. Right. And so if that would mean to me that it's going to stretch out my working career next year or two, it's a trade-off I'm more than happy to yep. make, right? You just have to be aware of it. Priorities. Priorities. And I I think a good point you made is getting the kids involved. Um, As soon as they can start to understand the process of saving. I mean, I'll never forget in second grade, um, my parents used to give me, you know, a couple bucks for doing something. And I would go to the bank. I would deposit it. I had my name on the account. I got to see it grow. My parents talked to me about the importance of education and saving and goals. And um, it was really fun to see at a young age. And so not only getting your spouse involved, getting your kids involved Mm -hmm. can make a big difference. Absolutely. How much of what kids do is just, you know, repeating what they've learned from the uh, the, the adults in their life. You, right. know? you had your uh, uh, kids account in the bank. I had mine. I wonder how much that influenced us going down this road. You know, it's when you get kids started early uh, and you get them with some good habits and you get them with the idea that I've got money. What I do with it is I go and I put it in my account. I don't run right out to the convenience store and <laughs> right. get, a, get a soda <laughs> or whatever else is calling your name. You know, I think you, you instill those habits young and it's, it's wonderful. Uh, you don't have to fight those battles as much. Yeah. You got to be careful though. I've created an eight year old day trader who only thinks about <laughs> it at nine o'clock at night because <laughs> we've opened up my accounts for the boys and I want them to be involved. And so obviously modest dollar amounts, but mm-hmm. I want them to understand or be able to deal with the emotion of good and bad decisions, wins and losses been a weird year to have done it right because anything yeah. they pick they think they're a genius and now it's like move everything from savings <laughs> into my stock account but point there is I, I think you can kind of inform their future in that way by having these family conversations so I, I like that point as well the the last thing I would point out you know for these young families is just as you work to prioritize be careful in skipping steps right in, in an example of that would be if I don't have that security of some cash available to handle the furnace breaking and I get in a hurry and decide I want to fund college for my son or daughter. You know, I guess I would make the case that I don't know we're doing things in the right order. You're, you're, you're subjecting the cell yourself or your family to some financial stress. And so you'll get there and just maybe appreciate where we are. Step one, step two, step three. Well, don't hurry through it. That's, that's a mistake I see people doing is hurrying through things and I see bad debt come from that. So yeah. credit card debt, because they're such in a hurry to get the next thing on their list, they don't wait the proper timeline and understand because um, we were, everybody sees and gets so fast. And mm-hmm. so you kind of have to take a step back and remember, it takes time. So if we push into mid-career, right, in theory, income is starting to go up. We've maybe taken care of some of these early steps. Maybe not. Maybe we're we're starting from here, but assume there maybe income has at least increased since since your early career and maybe you've got some savings in place and so 
you know, first thing that comes to mind for me is just the willingness to adjust because life has almost certainly changed in some way. Mm-hmm. As you think back over however many years it's been until you get to that point, I, I know that not just financially can things change. The goals for me and my family changed a lot over right. the course of 20 years. Oh, right? yeah. So be willing to change and know that that's okay. It's normal. My mm-hmm. goals are a thousand times different from when, you know, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm still, I'm like, I'm a very young man still. It's like, I can only imagine w- what my priorities will be 10 years from now, 20 years from now, you know, when it comes time to make some of those choices. So, you know, I, I think being willing to adjust and being willing to say, I don't know how this is going to go and keep an open mind about it and be, be willing to change mm-hmm. <laughs> when, when that time is right. And when you've got folks that you trust that are, you know, saying, Hey, maybe we should look at something else, you know? Being willing uh, is is just absolutely critical for staying on the path. Yeah, uh, you stick to those things that you prioritized as a, a young family. Uh, you might you might not get to your goals at the end unless you're unless you're willing to say I need to recalibrate and, and come to a come to an understanding of where I'm at going forward. Right. Well, and how you adjust? Um, how I tell my clients is we typically write down our goals. And I make it very clear that these aren't the end. They are going to change a hundred times. So we kind of evaluate it on an annual basis unless something crazy happens. So if something in your life changes, like job loss or new children or death in the family, that's when I, those are the moments in time. I typically try to encourage people to go back and look, did this change my goals? How do I shift my plan? Um, But really once a year is kind of the how you go back and evaluate it and don't beat yourself up if things change 20 times between, you know, graduating college and getting close to retirement. It's going to change. Absolutely. I do, I do think one thing people should attempt to do during this stage though, is try to accelerate savings, right? Yeah. It's, Absolutely. It, it highlights the risk that I think is out there for all of us that as your income goes up, it's really easy to consume that. Yeah. And in part that's okay. If you're working hard and, and you're enjoying a greater income as time goes on, then you should enjoy that. At the same time, take advantage of it yeah. and, and yeah. leverage that, right? Oh, yeah. The call the call to uh, spend that, that hard-earned raise on uh, stuff that doesn't contribute to your long-term goals is strong. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, being careful not to get yourself caught up in the uh, keeping up with the Joneses idea. Well, and, and with the keeping up with the Joneses, um, it's easy to make that next level jump with a house or a car. Um, but what I try to remind people of, you know, you make that next level jump, you get another 30-year mortgage, even if your payment doesn't change, your time of payment changes. And so, you know, let's say you were 10 years away from getting your house paid off and you upgrade a house massively, you've really got to think of the consequences of your plan that that's doing. And so, you know, did you want to have your house paid off by the time of retirement? If so, when you move, you really need to think about how much debt you're taking on. And it's not right. bad to upgrade. You just really need to think about how it's going to affect my plan. Yep. If we bounce from mid-career to late career, so to move this forward for those that retirement's starting to feel a little bit more real, mm-hmm. right? Whether this is, you know, kids in college, kids out of college, just 20, 30, however many years into your career, you know, I think at that point, it's it's common for retirement to become the priority. I've experienced this, and so I've, I've shared before that the average age of my client is 67. And so I'm very much in that that period right now where, I've watched families over 20 plus years cycle through what's most important to them. And oftentimes with really good intentions and with no disagreement for me, other things have been prioritized over their own retirement. And now it starts to become real. We're later in our career and we're thinking about what do I want this to look like? And that even mean you have to be close to retirement. But 
you, you're, you're far enough along that that's a real conversation, really kind of focusing in on the areas where maybe you need to make up for lost time, which I expect most all of us are going to have to do in some way, right? As you're prioritizing, it means there's sacrifice involved in that. And there are things I need to go back and, and maybe apply more attention to. So I, I think about that focus on retirement. I, I think about the fact that that is such a big, I don't call it the biggest, but retirement is such a big deal. Absolutely. That as you get close, you really have to be dialed into what is most important to you. And this is where the day of, of someone working until they're 65 and retiring with the company pension are gone. Retirement yeah. can look very different for all of us, whether mm-hmm. it's early and I'm done, whether it's transitional, whether it's somebody who says, I love what I do and I'm going to do this for as long as I can possibly do it. All of those are okay, but you really got to know. It's scary. You want. I mean, I, I see a lot of clients walk in and they say, gosh, I'm terrified. I've always been getting a paycheck and now I'm finally going to start taking out of my, uh, my investment accounts. And so we really take a look at, you know, what level of risk are you in? Does it align with your goals? Does it still align with your personality mm-hmm. and your, what your emotions can handle? Um, where are we going to generate income? Where are we going to take it from? How much are you going to take? Um, really get into the weeds on that. Make sure you're comfortable with the lifestyle you want during retirement and really how you're going to execute the plan. Yeah. Well, I mean, my clients who are in the late career stage, you know, still working maybe five, five more years, six more years, you know, who knows, uh, five to 10, I'd say, uh, you know, a lot of times those are folks that maybe their mortgage is more paid down. Maybe some of their debts are more paid off. They've got more money than they have had in the past for discretionary spending. And that's where I say, let's go ahead and just really put it towards those long-term, those long-term things. Now is the time you cannot afford to just let it sit there and do nothing get it in something that will help you reach whatever goal is in your mind, uh, whether that's a savings account, whether that's uh, investments, whether that's whatever, insert the blank, uh, just sitting there and doing nothing at this stage is that that's the danger, right? You, you want to make sure that you're being productive. Well, and there's momentum to be found in that. You talked about it earlier in, in automating things. Once you really start to see progress towards those goals, it becomes exciting and it becomes easier and easier and easier to do it. I, I've got, Clients who, who just retired a couple of years ago, but I'll never forget the process with them because they were so clear in what they wanted and they were aware of shortfalls and they just, they had that, they, they made up their own name for this account. It was a savings account at the credit union, but this was their early retirement account specifically designed to bridge that gap until they could get to their retirement accounts. And they diligently, at the cost of not doing some fun stuff sometimes, diligently put a fixed amount of that every single month because they knew that's exactly what they needed to get to their goal. And it was hard at first, I think, and it's easy to question that. And as it started to build and they started to see like, oh, what I'm doing is going to result in me retiring when I want to retire, it became the easiest money they put away right. every single month. Well, I have, I have clients that are they're afraid to, to put it away. They're afraid to stick it you know, uh, into some savings account that's out of sight, out of mind or, or something like that. But what I, what I always counsel them is, you know, if we're, if we're putting money into a savings account, I mean, what what's the worst that's going to happen here? You can, you can always go back and get it out, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that's what I tell folks with the automate uh, uh, idea. It's, you know what, if we, if you overdo it and put a little bit too much into savings, well then what's the problem? Yeah. Wow. I, it's I more s- to spend, I more save. to spend later. Is how I, I look way at too it. much money now in my savings account. This is a huge issue. And, yeah. uh, and I <laughs> don't know, know that I've had someone come and say, shoot, I spent, I saved way too much for retirement. It, I mean, usually you can find a good me. spot for it. It would be a first in my career. To I have do give say out that. some high fives though when somebody walks in and they admit to having accumulated too much cash. Yeah, and it's they're to the point where they've been so dedicated to hitting certain goals that 
it just kind of continued on, and now they built in this flexibility that they can start to move the goalposts. But it's a really fun spot to be Mm -hmm. when you can finally hit that and say, I got my emergency savings. It's Let's fall into the last one then and talk about retirement just for a minute before we wrap this up. So yeah, the big one. Let's do it. It's at that point everything changes. It's it's this mental switch that is really hard to turn on. Taylor, you mentioned this. In fact, I've I've got someone very dear to me who's going through this right now, where every month he's been getting ready to retire, and every month we decide we're going to go one more month. Yes, like pulling that trigger is a big deal. And so when you transition from accumulation to saying, okay, now I have to spend it, that concern becomes really real that do I have enough? It's like, yeah. my numbers aren't going up because I'm throwing money at it anymore. I'm done saving and I'm going to start to distribute. Are you prepared for it? And so transitioning your thinking to distribution is a really well, big change. And right? I, I think that's goes back to knowing your plan and knowing the risk you're taking. You really need to be comfortable with your risk and evaluate it on a regular basis because the risk you're taking at age 30 should not be the same risk you're taking at age mm-hmm. 65 or retirement because um, you've got whole different goals in mind. You just want income. You just want to um, survive. And so I feel like that's when understanding what you're investing in, understanding your risk and making sure you're taking smart risk. And that looks different for everybody. But if you understand where you're at, I think it gives you a lot of comfort when you turn on that switch and start taking your income and start, inv- you know, living off of it. So it gives you some peace of mind, hopefully. Absolutely. That peace of mind is what, what, what you're all about. You know, some of my clients, the hard part, because they did so well with, you know, early career and young family and all these stages we've talked about, you know, the folks that do it right, sometimes the conversation I have to have is, hey, we need to figure out some ways to spend some of this, right. <laughs> you know, yep. and that's, that's a fun conversation to have uh, because it, it's a whole lot better than the, oh, uh, well, yeah, we need to cut back on this or that or the other. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's... Uh, that that's just the the importance of doing the steps and being diligent and being smart about it means that once you get to retirement, your hardest your hardest decision is where am I going next? How right. do I spend this? What do I and there's <laughs> no better feeling this money to absolutely right. But on the flip side, if you've not you know did as well, and I'm guessing that most everybody listening to this is thinking I didn't do as well at some one of the four stages. Yep. Uh, it's it, you know, there's a lot of things that we can do and there's a lot of uh, uh, disciplined sort of behaviors that uh, an advisor can can help with that can make that money at least go as far as it can. Uh, and the earlier that you start and the earlier that you tackle the problem, the, the better your probability of getting to an answer that you like at the end. Right. And it's never too late to start. I no. know it's the earlier, the better. But, you know, if you're sitting there and you're like, oh, shoot, I'm at mid stage and I haven't started. It's OK. I've right. seen some I've seen everyone start at every different stage and you can be successful. You just got to you got to start somewhere. It, it's it's being able to make sure your goals are realistic. They can be stretch goals. Right. But right. It's understanding where you are, setting realistic goals and being committed to the idea of Absolutely. starting. Yeah. You both touched on it a little bit. The last thing I want to hit in retirement is just the idea that by making some of these conscious decisions and building out these goals, some of us will enjoy this stage where where in retirement we start to think legacy. You know, mm-hmm. you're thinking about what can I do for my kids or for church or for charity or for my community or whatever that is for you. It's building that cushion into your own personal plan that you can start to have some fun with your money to benefit others, right? So there are these, those, those big things that sit out there for me for some clients, and I don't think many trust that they're there. You hit on this, Daniel, that people are concerned, do I have enough? And it's a question I get a lot is, how do I look compared to other people at the yeah. same age? I get it all the time. It's the universal question. Yeah. Everyone wants to know. Give me a dollar amount. I, it's exactly right, and I get it. Um, but for those who, who stay committed to this, when that starts to turn and they realize like, oh, I can go do something fun 
with my grandkids, or I can go invest in this project in my community because it's important to me. I mean, that makes all those years of, of commitment worth it. Absolutely right. So let's let's at the risk of running too long, which I tend to do. Let's let's close this up. I think I, I want people to feel like there's there's a starting place for them, regardless of where they fall in these stages and regardless of how much they've done. So I, I kind of jotted down just through conversation things that you guys said that I, I thought were impactful and a couple of key takeaways for people, regardless of, of where they are in this. If, if you haven't started, step one is to start. Now, we talked about the fact that starting means we need a, a plan. We need a, a goal to build this around. But being just willing to start, even if it's uncomfortable, it doesn't mean you have to do it with somebody else. But I think most people who are a little bit apprehensive to sit down with somebody and talk about this realize once they have, they feel better about it. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Night and day. It can feel daunting to do by yourself. But when you have someone kind of help line it up, write it out for you. Makes a big difference. Yep, and the goal is just a wish with a plan attached, you know. So it doesn't have to be crazy. It's you know saving ten bucks or twenty bucks or thirty bucks or insert whatever here, you know. It's yep, and that that paranoia is too strong of a word, but that concern we all have of am I doing the right things? Am I doing enough? What you'll find if you talk to an advisor who's done this for any period of time, you're not going to be the first person to ask that question. Nope. There are a lot of people in the same boat. So start first. Let that help you build some momentum, and 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 things start to roll. From there, you both mentioned at one point the, the willingness to adjust, and so just know that this plan is going to change. And then one of the things I would say is just find joy in where you're at. So if, if regardless of where you are financially and regardless of what your goals are, I think once you put that plan in place and you start to see some progress towards that, like just appreciate it. You, you don't go from saying, I want to retire with blank amount of dollars and just going straight there, right? There's this slow roll, but... Taylor, your example of starting the 401k plan and letting it add an additional 1% or Daniel, which Mm -hmm. one of you mentioned that, but um, the concept there of just letting that occur in the background and then you wake up in five years and like, oh, yeah, you you start to see the benefit of it. I think you can appreciate the stage that you're in as long as you're willing to just start. Right. Okay. Well, you guys drop plenty of pearls inside of that, but I want to make sure anything else that you guys really feel like we want to get across to some members we didn't unpack. Yeah. Everybody's always really concerned they did it wrong or really concerned that, uh, you know, because of their previous behaviors, they're not going to be able to get to their goals. Uh, no one is beyond help in some way or another. And, uh, the important part is just to find an advisor that, that you connect with on a, a personal level that you believe this person is someone that I can listen to. Uh, you know, that's, that's, that's a huge help, um, but you don't have to have that person. Uh, it, you know, it's it, starting small, ten bucks, twenty bucks, whatever. Just start. If you need the help and you find yourself having more questions, there are great professionals out there that can, that can assist. Right. I'd say don't be scared. Start. Come in. Make a plan, and we'll we'll tackle it. It's it's exciting. I always go back to your goals, and so if we start with your goals, it should get you excited and ready for what the future holds. And like you said, just find joy in your plan and enjoy it. Yep. You, it's the name of the podcast and you guys just hit on it. It starts as a conversation. So it doesn't mean yep. if you come see somebody that there's going to be this, there's not a lecture on the other side of this. Nope. There's not action. You even have to take the first time in. Absolutely it starts not. as a conversation. And from there, I think the relationship part of that will just kind of carry it. So um, thank you both for thank making you. the time to, to do this with us today. Yeah. Glad, glad to be here. Hope, hope it was helpful and uh, yeah, excited, uh, excited to help out again in the future. Yeah. For, for our members listening to this who maybe feel like they're 
to that spot where they're ready to hold that conversation. That's really what Wealth Management inside of Community America is here to do. So we're not hard to find. You can find us through Community America's website. You can access us through any of our branch locations. We're here and willing to help, um, and we're not going anywhere. So when it's the right time for you, just know that there's somebody on this side who's who's looking forward to that, have a, having that conversation. Uh, but thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh, hopefully you pulled something from this, and we'll look forward to talking to you again next time. This recording is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It should not be viewed as personalized financial advice. You should speak with your own financial advisor before making any investment decisions. Past performance is not an indication or guarantee of future results. Investing in securities involve risk, including the potential loss of all amounts invested. Diversification does not eliminate the risk of experiencing investment losses. Securities and advisory services offered through Copper Financial, member of FINRA, SIPC. Copper Financial is a wholly owned subsidiary of Community America Credit Union. Products offered through Copper Financial are not NCUA, NCUSIF, or otherwise federally insured are not guarantees or obligations of the credit union and may involve investment risks, including possible loss of principal. The opinions are those of the speakers and not necessarily the opinions of Community America Credit Union, Copper Financial, or any of their affiliates. Wealth Management by Community America is a marketing name used by Copper Financial.